I feel like if we would just all take a minute to just really reflect and like meditate and like do the journaling, do the shadow work, talk to a therapist, then we could like maybe actually kind of pinpoint like what is going on with us? Why are we so unhappy? Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday. Welcome back for another episode of our podcast. So I want to preface that this is pre-recorded. It is. Because we normally would be telling you all about Vegas. We'd be telling you about my 30th birthday. We'd be telling you all the tea and everything. But we were recording this before Vegas. So the news you're probably about to hear is a little dated. Mm -hmm. So bear with us. But um, (laughs) I didn't know if you heard that Ariana Grande is dating SpongeBob SquarePants now. (laughs) I did. I did hear this news and (laughs) I am feeling some type of way about it. (laughs) So for clarification, it is the guy who plays SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway in SpongeBob the Musical, which... To even begin, I don't know why it's a Broadway musical to start with. I also have never been a fan of SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my I know gosh. it's going to isolate some fans. I'm yes. so sorry. How dare you? I, I, you know how I like don't ever go see movies. I've seen the SpongeBob SquarePants movies in the theater. <laughs> I unfortunately have seen it in theaters because I went to summer camp mm-hmm. and. I went to summer mm-hmm. camp the year it came out, and I was yep. forced to watch it, and I understood nothing in it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I could see. And I had the PlayStation game. I cried when they were, like, laying in the laying in the light, um, drying up when they couldn't shed tears, and then their tear got Kate Patrick and SpongeBob's tear came together. <laughs> no, nope, nope. Okay. Sure. I'm a goofy <laughs> Cooper, rock. You're a goofy cooper, frog. No, okay. Yep, I think I'm alone here, gals. Please, please. Um, Okay, but can we just like, like, imagine sitting across from your significant other and they start laughing like a SpongeBob. I would walk out. (laughs) I can't. I, I, I already, I don't like SpongeBob to begin with. Why would I date somebody who plays? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And here's the thing. I, as a white theater, musical theater gal, tend to like <laughs> men that are like this guy. But I, I also will say, have you seen a photo of him shirtless? Because he, he's ripped. Like, he is definitely, like, growing up in musical, like, theater in high school and everything, he was that lead guy probably in his high school theater department that every girl, like, low-key was trying to flirt with at the cast party after the show. There's always and, that like, one. That There's man, always that one. He's a player. Uh, he is. Mm-hmm. He, that man is a whore. Like through the room, <laughs> just like Pete Davidson. Like they, I. They, that's what the commonality right there. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know because I've only seen one photo of him. The photo I saw was very not a great photo, and I was like, Ariana, what are we doing, baby? Like Ariana, you are what are gorgeous. you doing here? Yes. What are we doing with SpongeBob? Okay. So um, no, I haven't seen the shirtless photo. I need to look up more pictures of the said uh, human. But yeah, 
I don't know. He's also a I feel like it was just like out of the blue that like all the things. So I am kind of hoping for a divorce album. It's like the year of divorce albums. I mean, the Wicked movie is postponed, baby, because of the strike. So that's Miss what I'm Ponytail. saying. I'm like, Ponytail, Miss Miss uh, Miss Ari, are we get in back the into the studio? <laughs> are we in the studio? Are you gonna be like the next divorce album of the year? Because what we've had mm-hmm. Kelsey Ballerini, we've had Casey Musgraves, we've had Kelly Clarkson, Adele, we've had Adele, Ari. It is your time to shine. Miley, Miley. How could we forget? It's like Miley and Ari just need to like, they're just like on the same path. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just picturing, like, the Krusty Krab pizza is the pizza for you and me. I'm surprised you didn't want to see that when we were in New York. Like, I'm thoroughly shocked you were SpongeBob not begging me. the musical? Me. Uh, I'm shocked you were not begging me for seats to that. I don't know, man. Pearl and Mr. Krabs and Plankton and Patrick, the whole gang. I mean... That would be you would you would have gone you would have been so down. I one thousand percent would be down. Oh my god! Not to and be I'd, the Martin I'd be Scorsese. Of, I'd be like the edge on my on the edge of my seat. Like what's gonna happen next? I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. You know not what? Not to be I, the Martin Scorsese of Broadway, but like that's not real theater. That's you, not no, real absolutely music. not. Absolutely not. Do you know what I learned though recently? That the Krusty Krab is shaped like a crab trap. And Mr. Krabs owns the Krusty Krab, <laughs> and he's stuck inside of there because it's a crab trap. I learned this on TikTok. These are the things that I learn about the shows that I watched as a kid. I mean, I probably watched can, every can single, you, like Sandy Cheeks, all of them. I watched can, all of them. Can you tell me then why it's a fucking sponge that lives under the sea? No, I I don't know the answer. I think it was said somewhere, probably in one of those movies. Um, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Because I thoroughly, I I don't. And then Gary, his pet snail. Yeah, like why is Miss Puff, his driver's ed teacher, because he can never he can never pass the driving test. He can never pass it. A puffer fish and a crab. And a squid and a starfish. Oh, yeah, Squidward. I forgot about Squidward. Those make sense. Those make sense underneath the sea. Squidward is like the epitome. Why the fuck is Squidward Mr. Clean? (laughs) Why the fuck is the scrub daddy in in, in the ocean? (laughs) But Squidward is the epitome of all adults. It's like, SpongeBob, what are you doing? I can't believe this is turning into a SpongeBob uh, <laughs> intro. I just, I'm still shocked that she's dating, dating SpongeBob. And I get I'm it. Like, I like, don't support what, it, but I get it. I'm like, what goes on behind closed doors? Like, are they like going back and forth between like being like SpongeBob? Like, I'm no. just curious. No. <laughs> I'm just so curious. I get it. I don't think he's hot at all. I don't all. think he's hot at all. But like, but she also has dated, you know, several interesting characters. Not attractive men. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's that's not really a thing for un- her. Yeah. She, her and I have a lot in common. Not to say that I think Blaine is very attractive, <laughs> but, um, like, I have dated some very interesting men. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't date. Um, I don't date for convention- looks. I date for conventionally, people. Conventionally attractive. Sure. 
because they're all douches. <laughs> and don't try to fight me on that one because I will win every time. <laughs> look, okay. The ugly ones will cheat on you. Might as well make them have something nice to look at, honestly. Like, that's just my philosophy. <laughs> if you cheat on me, you're dead. I'm going to jail. <laughs> like, might as well have something nice to look at. That's my philosophy. Also, anytime I've dated an ugly dude, he gets the ego that he's somehow now Michael B. Jordan. And I I can't do that again. I can't let, let keep letting these ugly guys walk around like with the attitude that they are a god when they are, in fact, a shrimp. That is just my opinion. Not the shrimps. <laughs> can't do it. No. Well, I'm hoping for some new music from her anyways. I've been wondering uh, if we're going to be getting that. I think she's letting Blondie take, you know, the reins for a little bit. Um, I think her voice has probably gotten a lot clearer, too, with her mm -hmm. doing so much Broadway training and everything. Like, mm -hmm. it's definitely um, different. And I feel like she's been staying more in vocal character uh, anytime she's posted videos while she's been doing Wicked, so it'll be interesting to see. I did, I did see her at Wimbledon with, um, she was posting pictures with Jonathan Bailey, and everybody thought that was her new man. I'm like, oh, sweetie, no, that man is unfortunately very gay, and I would do anything for him to be at least a little bi, like, to at least know that maybe <laughs> I had a, a chance. Bit, yeah. Um, but yeah. no, unfortunately, um, for us straight women, he is, um, he is gay. He mm -hmm. is married to a beautiful man, and they are very happy together. And then she was sitting next to Andrew Garfield, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I would kill to be in that sandwich right now. <laughs> and I love I love the little, like, acting bits she's been doing around her, like, um, makeup line and stuff on Instagram, like, her little oh, videos. Like where, Yeah, she's been, like, talking to herself, but, like, two different characters. It's been really cute. And I also am a huge fan of the cloud perfume, so... So speaking of that, my captivation, yes. um, I got Baccarat Rouge 540 Ugh. for my birthday. <laughs> so good. It's just so good. It's like, I know how everybody says it's similar to Cloud. Um, I, I see what they're saying, but it's also not. It is better. <laughs> I can't smell Cloud on myself, like, whenever I wear mm -hmm. that. Like, I... Don't ever really smell. Everybody else can smell on me, but I don't smell on myself. Baccarat Rouge 540, I can smell on myself. It's so much stronger. It has so much more depth to it. It's not a, it's sweet, but it's not all sweetness. Like there is some musk, there is some wood in it, and it is just divine. Like I sprayed like just like one little spritz on me, and it was so strong. And I was like, oh my God, like this is going to last me a good long while, which I'm very happy about, but it is. Everything that everybody talks it up to be. Yeah, I I definitely love the way that one smells. I am like a Ariana Grande cloud stan because everyone's always like, you smell so good. What are you wearing? And I'm like, Ariana Grande's perfume. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so um, it's it's been it's been really I'm out. I like hit the very, very, very bottom of mine and I'm like no, but I bought, I have Glossier U, which I like, I can smell Glossier on me. I also cannot smell that one on me. You can't? No. Hmm. Interesting. I smell on me for two seconds. That's the thing. I can smell them both on me for maybe, like a couple maybe minutes. Maybe it's more, I can just smell it in the beginning. Like. I smell in the beginning, but like Baccarat yeah. Rouge, I smelled hours 
later still. Mm, I'm going to have to do a sample of that in a Sephora. They don't pl- sell that at Sephora, do they? No, it's only in very exclusive, like, mm. locations because they want it to be exclusive and everything. Mm, that's um, that's going to be I too might let many. You smell it. It's going to be too much money tags for me. I might let you smell it um, next time I see you. We'll see. <laughs> huh. I wonder <laughs> when that will be. Well, but, uh, my captivation, thank you so much for asking. I was asking. getting ready to, and you cut me off, bitch. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh, what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is um, a food item. Yes, a food item. I'm pretty sure I did a food item last time. I'm pretty sure I did Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you did. Okay, well, these are delicious. My mom actually put me on these, so go, Mom. Um, they are the Tate's Bake Shop chocolate chip cookies. They are in, like, a little green bag. Oh, my gosh. They are so good. So, fun fact. What? If you go to Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. they're gluten-free chocolate chip cookies that are in, mm-hmm. like, a pinstripe beige and white bag. Mm-hmm. It's the same cookies. Tate's just private labels them for Trader Joe's, and they're cheaper. <gasps> oh, good to know. Because... Holy guacamole. These are delicious. They're like thin and crunchy, but they're also gooey. I don't know. I don't understand. Oh, no. I love them. I do not understand how they made them. And they actually have like a lot of different like variations. If you're not like a chocolate chip person, they have like, uh, what else do they have? I don't know. Let's see. They've got, well, I don't know. But they have a, they have a bunch of different kinds of cookies. I can't find the, <laughs> I can't find the answer, guys. Sorry. Um, chocolate chip is just my go-to, but. I even got my husband on them and we don't really do a lot of cookies like growing up famous Amos cookies were my favorite Mm. but then I met a guy in college named Amos and he kind of ruined famous Amos for me because that was his nickname and then um so I don't really do a lot of cookies other than like homemade ones like randomly and then my mom was like have you tried these and I was like no and she was like you gotta eat one and I was like I don't really want one she's like eat one and I was like okay and so I like took the cookie and I bit into it and I was like shit those are really good <laughs> they're <laughs> so great yeah they're really mm-hmm, they're a good little treat um but yeah that was my captivation some cookies I love a good cookie I never met a chocolate chip cookie that I don't like yeah I don't think so either yeah it's mm-hmm. very hard but uh okay gals so we are so excited to talk to you guys about this topic today we cannot wait to dive into it but before we get into all of that we are going to do a couple of sponsorships but if you want to hear more of our episodes and more of what we got going on i mean we feel like i've dedicated this whole month to my birthday so feel free to check out the rest of our catalog on apple spotify wherever you can listen to podcasts and feel free to subscribe and give us a little review while you're there you can also check out more of our content from Vegas and our birth, my birthday trip on our personals at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller, both of our Instagrams, and then our podcast Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. But we're going to jump into this week's episode right after these sponsors. So today we kind of wanted to talk about a topic that I feel like I have really been thinking about lately. And I don't know if it's like, like you're turning 30 and I'm close to 30 and my husband's 30. And like, we're kind of like all in these like times of our lives where we're trying to 
kind of figure out like who we really are. I feel like our twenties mm-hmm. was like a really big time for like having fun and traveling and doing things and, you know, um, like making big decisions and changing jobs and moving mm-hmm. and, and making, now mistakes. I, making mistakes and kind of learning from them. And I feel like we're kind especially for me, like I'm kind of getting to a point in my life where I'm kind of like, okay, like I feel like I'm, I know who I am. I know like what I want. And, um, I feel like once you get to that point, there's like almost this constant voice in the back of my head. That's like, you have to be better. You have to be better. You're not enough. You have to be better. And so Mm -hmm. the kind of the topic I wanted to like chat about today is just like, learning how to accept yourself while also bettering yourself. And I think that something that I listened to in a podcast, they asked the question, like, what is your biggest fear? And it really got me thinking because like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, clowns. Like I'm terrified of clowns. <laughs> like, you know. Bitch, that still reigns true know, to this day. I'm like, I'm like, there's definitely some truth to the fact that I'm still actually terrified of clowns. Um, But like, when I really think about it, when somebody asked me like, what is your biggest fear? For me, I really feel like it's this thought of like, I live my life, but do not accomplish the things that I know I'm meant to accomplish. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like a really scary thought because like, you know, I don't want to have to come back, you know, as a pigeon and like (laughs) (laughs) and be like pecking around being like trying to do the things that I was supposed to do as a human (laughs) not a pigeon but like all jokes aside like I I really feel like you know there is a lot of pressure to like I want to be the best that I can be I want to you know be here for the for a purpose I feel like I am here for a purpose. I also feel like I want to live my best like life possible. And that's just a lot to undertake. And so, um, I think like that casual reminder of like living and existing is a purpose in and of itself, but learning through, you know, that time of just like being, how to love yourself, how to accept yourself and how to also better yourself all in the same, at the same time. Um, I don't know how you feel about like that or what your biggest fear is, but. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like I never <laughs> still this day beast, honestly. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> always, we always have the fun. Like what's your, what's your biggest fear? It's not fear? fun. It's serious. <laughs> like, it's a phobia. <laughs> Like, if there was a wasp in this apartment, I knock on some fucking wood, wherever the hell it's at. Um, I it's, burn it down. I'm not coming back into that apartment. I'm going to sleep it at a friend's house. <laughs> but, I, yeah, you um, and my mother are both very terrified of bees. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, mm-hmm. we were in the boat. <laughs> Bojangles drive through one time and there was a bee and she got in the car and she thought she put the car in park but it was still in drive and she hopped out the car and I was, <laughs> I was in the back we started rolling for it I'm in the passenger seat and I pulled up the emergency brake and I was like 
bam. Well, remember when we were in a McDonald's drive-thru once and I was in your passenger seat and I almost walked, jumped out of the car into sure, oncoming traffic? I'm pretty sure you literally yeeted out of the car. You were like, I'm, I'm good. I've almost wrecked my car in high school on the way to school because there was a wasp in my car and I literally pulled off the side of the road into a ditch and luckily was able to drive out of it. Like, I was fine, but, like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck with them, like, but yeah. I also, like, I agree, like, to, like, the purpose, like, not, you know, doing what I've, not accomplishing my dreams and doing what I wanted to do. Um, there's that. I also, like, low-key have a fear of losing everything, which is, like, my, like, monetary value things, like, losing my house and, like, becoming, like, homeless and not even just, like, homeless, but, like, to the, like, just having no where to turn because I know that if that was to happen like where I was to like lose all my like possessions not have somewhere to live or whatever whether that is because I don't have any money or like a fire or something I have friends that I could turn to I have family that I can turn to and everything and be there but like my biggest fear is like if my parents like something was happening to all my family and like then I was just purely it's the left alone it's the being alone is the core of it it's not having a support system being alone why the fuck do you think I stay in relationships past their expiration date <laughs> yes go to root back to last week's episode why the fuck do you think that i date people because i don't want to be alone sometimes and i when i'm alone like i get how i am now like i'm single like i'm fine but if i was to lose all of those people and everybody i loved in my life that yeah, that probably is like my biggest fear yeah yeah i 100 percent agree and i think that like i think that there's a lot of like talk about like loving yourself and self-care and, you know, being the best version of you. And, you know, when you think about really um, successful people and really like powerful people who love themselves, they are the ones that are typically like giving back to us, whether that's in like a creative aspect, whether that is mm -hmm. in like monetary donations, whether that is in, you know, volunteer work, people that really 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 love themselves are 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 doing to an extent because you're not going to say that you love yourself wholly and then bed raw on your bed for four months and never leave your house like you're you are because you do love yourself like you are going to be doing something whatever that is for you and so I think that like a way to kind of like learn how to accept yourself and where you are and also be better is by like learning about you. And I think a lot of people do journaling. My husband actually, um, he just ordered a shadow work journal, which I had really never, I had heard of shadow work, but I okay, had never. I know what shadow work is. Yeah. But I had, so how I'm does like, he know? Because my husband is really cool. Um, <laughs> I literally like, I literally come home and his like journal, I, he hasn't written anything. I asked him if I could like borrow it to just like read a couple of pages from it. Um, cause I thought it's really interesting, but I was just like, I've heard of it, but I actually like don't really know like much about it. Um, but like, so I was, so I was flipping through this one and there was something that really stood out to me. It was, um, so I think shadow work was kind of created by Carl Jung. Is that correct? Sure. Possibly. Well, anyways, this was the first quote in the book, and it says, unless you learn to face your own shadows, you will continue to see them in others because the world outside of you is only a reflection of the world inside of you. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made me really think um, 
it goes back to me being emotionally unavailable, and that's why I keep dating emotionally unavailable men. Yeah. Yes. That's where I learned. That's where I learned where it was. Yeah. Yes. And it's like accepting, accepting your shadows and accepting your like unconscious, subconscious like thoughts mm-hmm. um, and like kind of like revealing the unknown. This book says that the shadow is an unconscious aspect of your personality that the ego does not identify with. You may experience your shadow when you're triggered in social interactions, relationships, and episodes of anxiety or sadness. And when I read that, I said, I think I will be also purchasing this shadow work (laughs) journal because that is me to a T. Um, And I think that, you know, these kind of these kind of activities and like working through this and like doing the exercises really, really helps you learn about yourself. And it's similar to like, you know, self-reflection and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And even in this book, you know, they say, while anybody can do shadow work, a licensed mental health expert is a good option, especially for individuals who have experienced severe trauma or abuse. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's, you know, something to keep in mind too. Like, I think it really dives deep into like, the negative effects that have happened and how they currently are having an impact on your well-being. It's kind of like those, those people like the Karens of the world who are like so, so mad and just so rude. And, and it's like, what has happened in your life that you are now projecting and deflecting Mm -hmm. onto me and making this like, a terrible situation. And so I always wonder mm-hmm. like when those people have those outbursts, mm-hmm. like they, they really truly haven't even like learned about themselves and why they are that way. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like, you know, in a lot of things that happen in society, people just are so quick to anger and so quick to judge and so quick to compare. And I'm like, I feel like, if we would just all take a minute to just really reflect and like meditate and like do the journaling, do the shadow work, talk to a therapist, then we could like maybe actually kind of pinpoint like what is going on with us? Why are we so unhappy? Hmm. Why are we deflecting the things that are inside of us onto other people instead of trying to figure out like why we're feeling this way? And something I was thinking about the other day is like the temporary happiness And how I feel like, especially in my life, I do not remember the last time that I just like slowed down and celebrated like the present things that are happening. I feel like I always have a goal or a goal post. And Mm -hmm. once I reach that new thing, what's next? For example, um, you know, I got engaged. So the next thing on my list was, okay, got to plan a wedding. I get to the wedding. I'm so excited. We're celebrating. La-di-da. What's next? The honeymoon. What's after the honeymoon? Moving into a new apartment. What's after the new apartment? Oh, we should probably find a house. Like it is just one thing after another. It's that Mm. like whole thought process of like, I'm happy when I complete something. If I get a house, then I will be happy. If my album does well, then I will be happy. If we get pregnant, then I will be happy. Like, I feel like... Which ultimately means you'll never be happy because exactly. you're constantly looking for the next thing. Yeah. Exactly. And I and I f- almost feel like that with, like, even our podcast sometimes where I'm like, oh, we had this many downloads today. Let's double it next week. I'm like, why not just celebrate the fact that that many humans 
came to listen to me speak about <laughs> crazy things on the internet. About like, SpongeBob SquarePants. About SpongeBob SquarePants. Like, and mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, in part of like accepting yourself, bettering yourself at the same time, like accepting where you are in the present moment and celebrating those little wins and and the big the big wins, but also the little wins. Like don't leave those out. And like I think I really struggle and maybe you do as well, Emily, like being very present. I think I'm better now than I was, um, but being very, very present in the moments that I'm in and remembering that like, I will never get this day again. I will never get that moment again. I will never have that dinner with that person again. Um, Like that specific one, not that they're Mm -hmm. dying and like we're moving on. trying to bring some some lightheartedness but also like I think it's really hard to like sit in those moments and be present and almost like not being complacent but like just being mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um yeah why do you think I don't post on Instagram hardly ever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because of that and it's just wanting to um not feel like I had to document something all the time to prove that I did something instead of just enjoying it. And I know that's such a fucking cliche thing to say, like, just be in the moment. Like, why do we have to, like, document everything? And, like, to a point, like, I then also regret that I don't have photos with certain people because I didn't document certain things because I'm trying to be so present in the moment. So, I mean, I think, think about a- prior to our podcast, we had, like, two photos together. Yeah, this is literally, literally, this is very true. We would post the same two photos for birthdays. I always was so present whenever my mentor was around, and Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, like, literally, I went to go find a photo of us together to post when he died, and I had a video of him cutting a lemon with an axe. That's all I had. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so Which is like was a like, great memory, but also also it's like <laughs> it's very unique. Okay, it's a unique <laughs> memory. Um, I've never seen anybody cut a lemon with an axe. That's all we, we couldn't find a knife, and he was we were out at his pool, and he was like, "Wait a second and then he came up with an axe. We're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> we just wanted to make some mm-hmm. margaritas and lemonade, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that kind of ties into like my next point of like letting go of perfection because like I feel like I want my whole life and my aesthetic and everything to just be perfect and I am really bad about like taking photos and then not wanting to post them for, you know, whatever stupid reason. I don't like my the way my hair looks. I don't like the way I turn my arm. Like I don't like that. Like, why is my, your hair? I'm like, why is my foot pointing in that weird direction? Like, you know, stupid stuff like that. But like, but it's funny because then I'll like be like randomly scrolling on my phone months after that photo. And I'll look back and I'm like, that's a really good photo of myself. Like, I really like this photo of myself. Why didn't I post it? And so like just letting go of the idea that like we have to be perfect and we have to put on this like facade of perfection. And I know we've talked about this before in multiple episodes, but like not comparing yourself to everybody else. And, you know, with the age of social media and TikTok and Instagram and what is it called? I almost said shreds. It's not shreds. Threads. Threads. (laughs) I would like to shred the threads. Like what even in in the world is it? (laughs) It's one, it's like the ugliest post ever. Um, (laughs) But like we have, you know, we have, 
we all want to be the best at what we're good at. And so I think, but I think that whenever you are being your best, it's when you are just like doing things without any input from any other person. And you're not trying to impress anybody. You're not trying to make other people like you. You are creating or doing or, or whatever you like. You're doing it for you and you're doing it because you love it and because it's special to you and it's going to resonate with you and hopefully resonate with other people. But I think when we worry so much about trying to make like trying to make other people like us instead of just being ourselves, then we're not, we're not one, we're not accepting ourselves. And two, we're not going to get any better because we're, we are then just changing ourselves to fit other people's narrative. And that's not, that's not going to move us forward in life. It's interesting that you say that because like for the first thing I thought of, like when I'm thinking of like, repeat what you said again about like, not doing it for other people and not having anybody else's input kind of thing. Yeah. So like Correct. doing it more for yourself, not making it for another person, not yeah. trying to fit someone else's narrative and just doing so, it for you. So when the, if I think about like the last time I kind of did something like that, it's when I directed my film. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like that was me living and like my purpose. And I, and I had multiple people come up to me and tell me that, um, they watching me do that, like just from behind the scenes kind of feel, um, they could tell that I was more in my element when I was doing that because like I wasn't there was perfectionist things that I was trying to accomplish. I wanted to, it's my sure. film, I'm putting this much money yes. into it. I want it to look a certain way, I want it to be perfect in the way I want it. God damn it, like we're putting this we're putting this much money into it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, I do feel that to an extent, yes. <laughs> Trust. But um I I really I didn't really listen to anybody else's input. I didn't watch a lot of certain things that I really wanted to watch. A couple, I, there was like, I remember at the time, Malcolm and Marie, which in hindsight is not a good film, but at the time it was very common to what I was trying to make. And then Normal People, it also came out, which was similar to what I was trying to make. And I didn't watch those two because I didn't want any influence coming into like what I was trying to create and I really blocked off like looking at other people's films for a while so that I wasn't trying to like copy them or like just let their ideas infiltrate mine and I made it for me in a way in a sense so yeah that's interesting that you say that Mm -hmm. no I really resonate with that too because I feel like you know I am married obviously but my album my album (laughs) that I've been writing, I've been writing these songs for years. Um, I mean, there's a couple like newer songs, but like they have all stemmed from, you know, stories that I have, that have been very important to me and like things that I want to share and experiences. And in a sense, it's like a way to heal my past self. And it took me a really long time to feel like I was okay with doing that and was okay with putting those like thoughts and feelings and things out there. And I'm not really doing it for anybody else. Um, I really hope that, you know, somebody else can resonate with it and it can help them through a time in their life similar to mine. But, you know, for me, it's like a healing journey. Um, 
and like I'm healed like emotionally, but like I think it's just like that last piece of like we're wrapping this up in a nice little bow and we're going to put it out there and it's going to reach people that it needs to reach. And you know, it's, it's all about getting it out. Like I just need to get it out. I do. I will say, I do think that, uh, with the one thing about art and some people don't agree with this, but this is what I've always thought. My professor told me this when I was in undergrad, when I was just doing only writing, that once you publish your art, so whether that's a book, a film, music, or whatever, it's no longer yours. Mm. It is the it is everyone else's. It's the it's the listener, it's the watcher, it's the reader, it's the receptor person. Um, it is their theirs, and I've always believed that. I that, love um, that 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 yeah that fits really nice with like putting the bow on it and like closing. It's almost like we're just I'm closing the door on that and I'm mm-hmm. letting it go. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's going to, it's going to go to where it needs to go. And I think that like, I don't know, in a way to me, that's also another way I feel self-love is by like, you know, accept, accepting that part of my life and, you know, making it into something better mm-hmm. than, than like just a terrible sort of, like, oh, you, you know, <laughs> like, no, I don't know what, <laughs> Like, you know, like, oh, we broke up and whatever. And, and, um, you know, I learned, I learned a lot from those years of my life. And so I think it's just, it's just interesting when you, when you are vulnerable with, to the point where like, you're going to put something out for millions of people to possibly be a part of. And so Mm -hmm. I think that. Not that everybody needs to go write an album or write a book or whatever, but like... Or make a film. Or make a film. But like being truly vulnerable to where you're like looking into the deep parts of yourself is like huge for self-acceptance. Um, yeah, I, I will say there are some people who probably think that with my film that I've made, because it was about a relationship, that they think that I probably made like the other person look like he's the only the bad guy and I'm the good guy and that's definitely not what I did and uh you would be surprised how I definitely make myself look like not the good person either and that's with intention um but it was just a way for me to kind of like write and explain things differently for myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I think in our day and age too, like it's hard, it's kind of hard to love yourself fully, if that makes sense. Kind of like what we were talking about. Because there's so much comparison in the world. Yes. I was going to say kind of like what we were talking about last week with like the, you're not ugly, you're not ugly, you're just poor. Um, and like, you know, really taking time to be present with yourself in all areas of your life and you know, taking days off. I feel like we are such a hustle, hustle generation, um, always wanting to be the next best thing, um, that we don't always take time for ourselves and taking a day off doesn't mean that you have to then clean your house and do your laundry and run errands and travel and, go visit your grandma that you haven't seen in a week. Like you can literally take the day off and just be complacent and just like be at home and that's okay. And I think that that's where this topic gets a little bit tricky because, you know, we're trying to 
love ourselves in the moments that we need to take those breaks while we also like want to keep hustling. And I think that our generation especially has a little bit of a hard time with just being and not being productive. At mm-hmm. least I have a really hard time with just sitting and not being productive. Like, mm-hmm. like on the weekends when I'm like, I really should give myself a break. I've been working really, really hard, you know, whatever. I will like be sitting in the living room with my husband. Like we're watching something and I'm on my phone trying to figure out my next post on TikTok or I'm like doing laundry in between like the, the TV shows, like at the, like when the episode ends or I'm editing a podcast while we're hanging out. Like I'm just, I feel like I, I feel like when I just sit there and sit there, like I'm, how am I bettering myself? I'm just sitting there, but I am because my body needs a break. I need a break. I can't pour from an empty cup. My cup is incredibly empty. Like that, taking that one day to just be and like refill, refill and replenish is going to help me then be the best version of myself in the days to come. So that's something I've really been trying to do and I'm not good at it. Um, and I, mm-hmm. and I know that about myself, which I think helps me be a little bit more, even if it's like, okay, today I'm going to let myself do nothing until noon and then we can do whatever. Like giving myself some grace with like, yes, I do know I, I do need to clean or I do need some to do some laundry because if I don't do it now, it's not going to get done. Giving myself grace with that, but like really trying to set some sort of boundary with myself to where at least one day a week, part of the time I'm just being, um, yeah. whether that's if, and whatever I want to do, if I want to scroll on my phone aimlessly, then that's fine. If I want to sleep an extra hour, that's great. If I just want to watch the summer, I turn pretty season two, that's what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think I definitely have felt like a lot of writers during the strike have been kind of at least in my experience, a lot of my friends have like been beating themselves up because they're like, oh, I should be like writing. And I'm like, you're on strike. Like, I know like you're writing for yourself. Like you're not writing for any, like any of the studios or anything like that. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm like, I mean, you're on strike. You're, some of my friends are out there picketing every single day. And then some of my friends, I'm like, it's just emotionally taxing to think that like these people are trying to fuck you over. And that your job is on the line and all this stuff. Like, that's emotionally and mentally taxing enough to where if you have writer's block, like, I don't blame you. It is okay. You have a lot going on. And I definitely was beating myself up earlier this year because I was like, I'm going to write, like, a, two films this year. Like, I'm going to have, like, these two features done. Like, I'm going to have, like, all this work done. And then I... Had a serious death in my friend group happen that really emotionally hit me very hard and left me with no motivation to do anything. Whereas, like, my first thought was, oh, fuck, like, I need to get this done. Like, I actually need to do it in order to make this person proud. But now, but then when it came to it, writing, he was the first person I thought about and it just made me sad. And then I didn't want to be sad. So then I didn't write and then I just avoided it. And then I went and ended something with the person I was seeing. And then that just put on top of it. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then my job was stressful. And I'm like, I just haven't wrote in like forever. And I beat myself up for it. I'm like, you've had a tough year, my dude. (laughs) I know. Well, and like, and that's why I like. And now I'm on strike. And so it's just like, oh my God. Exactly. 
Exactly. I feel like, and I feel like that's, you know, part of it too. Like there's always going to be something that like comes up. And that's the thing. There's always going to be something. And so I'm just like, why not? Can't the fuck I get over it then? Like it, but. But also like that might be the time for you to slow down and, you know, try to figure out how to slowly ease yourself back into it. Whether that's just like. Yeah. Writing in a journal, like just, just the pin to the paper, like one thing, one day. But also I think that we have a lot of pressure to like in January to freaking like come up with these crazy goals for the whole year. And like it, like in the beginning of the year, we're like, Oh yeah, like these are great. These are attainable. This is awesome. Except for we don't really think about like what actually happens in a year in our life. And so we have all these huge, 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 huge plans instead of coming up with just like one or two very small things that we want to achieve. And then I feel like at least myself personally, I look back at my goal list and then I get discouraged because I did absolutely nothing towards it. Or maybe I am doing something towards it, but I didn't hit my big goal. And that discourages me when in reality I did, you know, one of my goals was to get back into like a fitness routine and be, you know, like just a healthier version of myself, like taking care of like getting better sleep and, you know, Mm -hmm. drinking more water and all those things. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like I haven't done that, but I have, I've, I've been most consistent as I have been in years with a workout routine since starting pure bar. I bought a Stanley cup and yes, I have a Stanley cup and I am basic, but I have, I have consumed more water than I have in a very, very long time. Honestly, Olivia Rodrigo has a Stanley Cup, so. Thank you. Thank you, Liv. Um, I, like, cut out sodas, which I'll have every now and then. But, like, I have done things. But in my brain, I'm like, I still didn't, (laughs) as Emily drinks a Coke out of a bottle, which a Coke out of a bottle is, like, the best. A glass bottle. Mexican Coke. Yes. Um. And, like, of course, I'm going to treat myself and, like, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to have a margarita or whatever. But, like, in my brain, I'm like, I still didn't meet that goal. When in reality, I've actually done a lot of things towards that goal. And I think there's just, like, so much pressure at the beginning of the year to just, like, we're going to be productive. Ah! And I'm like, can we just not? To Like, can we just see where the year goes? Um, oh, yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm doing this whole week of my birthday. <laughs> he took a whole week off and I like have little things every day planned so I don't overwhelm myself. So like Saturday, I'm getting my lashes done. Mm-hmm. Sunday, getting my nails done and then going to movies. Monday, my friend surprised me with some shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm <laughs> relinquishing control. This is never a thing. Don't ever, su- no one else ever surprised me ever again. I'm already going through an emotional stress of this already. Uh, <laughs> I don't like surprises. I'm already ex- regretting this. <laughs> You're like, I'm already regretting this decision. Thank you. <laughs> um, I should have had, I should have had this person like run their plans through Hannah first no, to make sure. No, no, you are going to go back to what I said earlier and you are going to be present in the moment. You're going to take it minute by minute. You are going to do the four breaths in, four hold, and four breaths out if you get anxious. (laughs) Square breathing. Okay. Yes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think think that that is just, like, something to remember. And it's just, you know, taking it one day at a time and really just listening to your body and listening to yourself when you need a break, 
when you're ready to be productive, when you... See, I'm ready to be productive when I have other shit I have to do. I would like to say I write my best songs when I am driving, driving? a vehicle. Yes. Okay? Yes. Yes. The best ideas always come when you're behind the wheel. It's either behind the wheel or literally like halfway through the shower when you're like, you've that, got this, you've got the I'm conditioner. Getting to, you've got or the I'm getting ready to start work. Yes. Oh my gosh. You don't even understand how many times I've walked into the corner in between sessions and I'm like whispering to my phone to record an idea. Like I am constantly having ideas when I cannot actually act on my ideas, which actually mm-hmm. just speaks to the fact that we just need to not work. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Thank you guys. Good night. Um, I think that's how I would accept myself and better myself. Is <laughs> <laughs> if we just quit our nine to five jobs. Got it. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a survival tip. Thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> quit your jobs. Quit um. your jobs. Um, okay. No, actually don't, but maybe you should. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so just, you know, just, you know, being present, taking time for yourself, practicing radical honesty, self-love, trying not to worry about others and just really celebrating all aspects of your life because we only get one, but we also might come back as a pigeon. So, oh, that's a survival tip. (laughs) And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Thank you.